in today's show. We're looking at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball teams, players. Who are we looking at? Who can be added? Who can be dropped? And what do we do with Tony Warren Jr.? Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball, and on Substack at joshlloyd48.substack.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. With the promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com. The promo code is locked on. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, we're going to talk waiver wire. Um, I don't know what I was going to say. Yeah, we're going to talk waiver wire. That's simple as that. So why don't we just uh, do it? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, let's have a look at the most added players over the last 48 hours. The two top names on this list, the two guys that I featured on the thumbnails of yesterday's video. For week seven streaming, also week seven preview and the Sunday streaming guide. Denny Avdia and Emmanuel Quickly are the two most added players. Um, some of that is schedule related. Some of that is the Brunson uncertainty in New York. But they're also playing really well. They're putting up solid numbers. And again, there's always reasons behind this stuff. Quickly has had some really good games and we're looking to add him with the uncertainty of Brunson. Avdia has played really well. Some of that without Beal. All of it without Morris and Hachimura. Will he continue to start? I'm pretty sure he will. But will he continue to have numbers or be good in those games when everyone else returns? That is what I'm uncertain about. But I don't hate the ad. I think Avdia is a really strong ad for this upcoming week. Um, I don't think what he has done over the last week is replicable in its entirety. But it's not a bad ad. And the same goes with Quickly. At least we're checking it for today. They've got a pretty strong schedule next week, the Knicks. I do think that Quickly, or I do know, that Quickly has been sort of dicked around in his role in his minutes. Well, I'm not, actually, not true. His role. His role is every game you come off the bench despite inferior players starting ahead of you. That's his role. And that is consistent. That's not great for us for fantasy value, but yeah, there is a little bit of a spike happening here for Quickly, and the Brunson injury makes him a more interesting option. Dorian Finney-Smith, yeah, okay, that's the weekend back-to-back factor there. No problem with that. And he was actually really good on Saturday. And as we detailed in that Week 7 preview video, the Mavericks have the best schedule coming up for the week because they and the Pistons are the only team to play on Thursday. So they play the Tuesday, Thursday. The Mavericks also play Saturday. And they have this weekend back-to-back. It's a staggeringly good schedule. So that's a reason there. And this is another one that's interesting. Maximum Derek. Derek White. Is Derek White an ad? Probably. And the reason goes uh, like this. Jason Tatum's out. Uh, simple as that to me. It doesn't matter to me that he is starting over Grant Williams, and he will start over Grant Williams for the rest of this week, um, even if Tatum is back, I would guess, because they said they're going to do it in like five-week sort of blocks. But we have seen Derek White as a starter many times this season, and he hasn't been a must-roster player. He has when someone has been out, Horford out, or we have um, a situation where Marcus Smart's out, or Brogdon's out, or Tatum's out. 
And it always seems to be him that gets that value. But it has been up and down. He's not a top 100 player this season, White. He's had some really strong games, and he's had some games where he plays 19 minutes and has two points, and that's not useful for us. But Tatum's out. He's going to have a run at starting. I don't mind a stream ad for Derek, and then we reassess it as it moves on. But if he moves back to the bench and Grant Williams starts, then it's him and Brogdon fighting for those minutes. But he's just going to be one of those guys who's up and down and up and down. You plug and play. Is it worth holding? In some cases, the answer will be yes. In some cases, the answer will be no. Is he a guaranteed top 100 breakout guy from here on out? I highly, highly doubt that. Unless there is a long-term injury to Smart or Brown or Horford or Tatum. And it's going to get even harder for him when Rob Williams returns. So this might be short-term. It might be literally for today. It might be for three games for Derek White. But there's at least something there that we can add him and try it for that little time. Marvin Bagley's one of the most added players over on Yahoo. His last game was really good. Now, remember, I think the three or four prior to that, he played like 21 minutes and had Jalen Duran close the game over him. But as I just talked about, the Pistons and the Mavericks have a really good schedule this week. No one else plays Tuesday, Thursday. So, yeah, Bagley should be the starting center. We'll get... The Pistons are so curious because you're going to have Bogdanovich and Bay and Stewart and Ivy. All these guys are questionable. Look, we don't know who's going to be in, who's going to be out. So we might have a situation where everyone's out and Bagley and Duran are forced to play together. Or we might have Stewart and Bay back and they do play that a three-center rotation where Stewart starts at power forward and slides to center, eliminating Bagley's numbers altogether. So in a points league, I get it. In a category league, sure, the schedule does allow you to stream him in and that gives value, but long-term, I wouldn't be hitching my wagon to Marvin Bagley. Terrence Mann is the ultimate short-term guy. It's, of course, with Kawhi and Paul George sidelined and Luke Kennard sidelined. Mann was basically not really even much of a rotation player on a healthy squad, getting you 12, 14, 15 minutes. For now, you stream him in, and that's it. George Niang is also a stream guy. No Harden, Maxi, and Embiid. He's a great three-point streamer, but he's not a guy you want to hit your wagon to. And, of course, Montrez Harrell. I'd probably stream Paul Reed over Montrez Harrell. Now, Harrell can get you points and rebounds. And that does translate better into a points league. But in a category league, I'd probably want Reed. And again, this is only while Embiid is out. And unfortunately, we just don't have a timetable on that. What are the most dropped players? Number one on this list is the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. And I get it. I totally get it. As I have said for a while with Williams, it's a luxury stash type of player who's producing like a 13th man on a 12-team roster or like a 14-team league player with the hope that he can solidify 30 minutes a night and get a little bit better and maybe give you top 100 numbers January onwards. But if you're not in a position to do that, it's fine. Like, drop him. It's, it's no, there's no problem at all. I, I think he's going to continue to get better. We've already seen him establish himself in like a 25, almost 26-minute-a-night role minimum. Whether that's starting or coming off the bench, it doesn't really change. And he has a game where he scores well. Then he has a game where he gets six assists. Then he has a game where he gets two steals. But that's what happens with young players and guys who aren't that good, is that stringing that all together consistently, is, that's the problem, isn't it? So I get him being the most dropped player. I think in a lot of cases that I'd be reluctant to do that, but I also don't think that it's uh, it's not one that's going to kill you if you do it. Larry Nance is one of the most dropped players, and I, I'm not ready to do that. <clears throat> okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. And I've given this explanation before. Last three games for Nance have been sub-20 minutes, yes. But the pattern of the Pelicans is that Larry Nance closes games. He plays the final seven, eight minutes of the fourth quarter, and he closes games. 
the last three games have had margins which don't requ- don't require the closers in there. Like they go garbage time. So <clears throat> when we go and have a look, I'm just going to bring up the Pelicans games. The fact that he played like 18 minutes, 17 minutes, it doesn't mean that Jonas Valanciunas is taking over back from him. They beat the Warriors by 45 points. Dyson Daniels played 20 minutes in that game. We had seven minutes of Jackson Hayes and Billy Hernan Gomez sharing the court. Like those seven minutes would normally go to Larry Nance. He would have played 25. The next game, they beat the Spurs by 19. Nance played 17 minutes in that one. We had five minutes of Hayes and um, Hernan Gomez playing together. That's all right. So that puts him at 22, 23 maybe. Then they lost to the Grizzlies by 21 points. He played 15 minutes in that game. We had 12 minutes of Hayes and Hernan Gomez playing together. So again, all of those games, the, at least half of the final quarter was garbage time. And that time is when Nance would have played. So I get it. We look at recent form and we say, well, I don't want Larry Nance at 18 minutes. And I, I agree with that. You don't want Larry Nance at 18 minutes. The game against the Celtics, they lost by 8. He played 27. The game against the Grizzlies, they won by 11. He played 31. He played 28 before that. He played 23. Like I would hold him. Now, they're not going to have 20-point blowouts every single game. So they might next game against the Thunder. But this is why I'd be just... Context is very important. And I think that needs to be mentioned here. Grant Williams' most droppable play, and I would have been 100% behind that one if it hadn't been for the fact that Jason Tatum was out. Because Tatum being out means that Grant Williams will move back into the starting lineup. He might be okay. He might not be. I don't think he's a must-roster player long-term, much like I don't with Derek White. But with Tatum out, I would at least stream him in. Tyus Jones has been dropped. I mean, fine. No problem. KJ Martin. That's that's reactionary on both sides. or reactive on both sides. KJ Martin has a, has a big game. We're all going at him. Even though we shot 80%, he wasn't going to do it again. And it was with Eric Gordon out. The next game, he scores what? He plays for 15 minutes or something and doesn't do anything. And so he'll drop him. Whereas the reality is somewhere in the middle. Is that... Or maybe the reality is not in the middle. Maybe it is. Gordon's out, stream Martin. Gordon's back, drop Martin. I don't think he's a long-term 12-10 league guy. Is what I'm trying to say. Thad Young's been dropped. Eh. I just I would hold him at least until Siakam's back. Now, Siakam might play next game. So, yeah, maybe this is is getting out ahead of stuff. And again, if you're making forward-thinking moves, hey, I want to do something that's going to help me in a week, and Thad Young is completely expendable. But if you're looking for current production, I, I would have held. Jeremy Sohan, dropping him. Yep, no worries. Left last game with an injury. Zohan, now. Uh, I don't even know if the upside is quite as high as, say, even a Jalen Williams, but he's in a similar boat, right? We're waiting for 31, 32 minutes. We're waiting for a lot of the stuff to come together. And if you're in a position where you can't wait, don't wait. But this one is one that's curious to me and uh, probably left a little bit long to get to it. But Alexei Pokyshevsky, I know it was really bad from Poku last game. It was. And there's going to be ups and downs for sure. He played nine minutes last game. So everyone's dropping him. He played 29 the game before that. He played 26 the game before that. Like, there are going to be bad games. He, they were cooked. He was like a minus 10 in three minutes to start the game. And we know that Dagnott will do that. The minutes will be all over. The, we know this, right? But this doesn't mean that this is a trend. The trend is Poku plays 25 a night most nights. He'll push to 30 and some nights he'll play 12. But we, we know this. I would 100% grab Alexei Pokyshevsky if he fell to the waiver wire in the league. I would grab him. I know that that is, look, that is the definition of reactivity. He played nine minutes. Oh, it's against the Rockets. Co- 
coach is shitty. I hate him. All right, cool. One game ago, Friday, he played 29 minutes. So, yes, he was the most dropped player. Yes, I would add him over basically everyone on this list. Maybe not Nance, but no, I would add Pokashevsky over everybody on this list. Today's episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasional budget across the US, the UK, Canada, and right here in Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classical luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Or test drive that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O. Okay, so let's go to the next uh, section here, the droppable players. Again, just a quick a quick mention of what I mean by this, and you'll see a name there that might get your ire up. And we'll talk about that in a sec as well. Um, you don't have to drop these guys. These are just players that if they're on your roster um, and you're making longer-term decisions or you've got a key player coming out of IR or you're making a two-for-one deal where you're getting two players back, that if you did end up dropping these players in these specific formats, I get it. Right? I think they're players that you can consider. And the number one on that list is the depressed penis Sadiq Bay. Not only is he a player, I don't think he's very good. He's also in a situation that if Bogdanovich is healthy and Stewart is healthy, Bay is going to play off the bench. Off the bench. He's going to play behind Isaiah Stewart. We saw that last game. He's already not good in a starting role. And I just find it hard to think that you'll get 32 minutes off the bench. Because that would mean Bagley or Duran or Stewart would play like 22. One of those guys would have to be cut way down. Maybe even 20. And I just don't think that's going to happen. So, Bay's game already wasn't good as a starter in 33 minutes. And now he's, look, he might play 29. But that's a big difference. Again, there are a lot of factors there. Stuart, Bogdanovich. Like they, yeah, Bogdanovich appeared to escape serious injury, which is great. Stuart's going to return. So, if you do want to clear a spot, I get that. The same with Brogdon. Like, I probably wouldn't drop him on Sunday because Jason Tatum's out. And Brogdon's going to be required to score more. Absolutely. But when we look longer term... Is he the guy that needs to be held on to? And I don't think so. Um, I don't know why that N is just a rogue N on Cole Anthony's name. A lot of people are holding Cole Anthony. And I get it. This goes here. These first four names are this, by the way, category leagues. Um, I know if you hold, if you can hold Cole Anthony in IL, do it. Do it. But when he comes back, which we thought would be end of November, and we're still, no, end of November is not back. Fultz is going to return before him, it looks like. Suggs is already there. Does Anthony play 30-plus minutes? I think he can put a cross against that. That's not going to happen. Is he their number one usage guy? No. Will he be their number two usage guy? Probably not. Will he be efficient? Also, probably not. Will he be their number one playmaker? Also, probably not. So I don't really know what we're holding him for. Like, he did put up good numbers last season when he was that guy. But that was only for a small stretch of time. And again, this season, he did it when Suggs and Fultz and that were out. And they're not. I don't see the point in holding him. And the next guy that's droppable is RJ Barrett. Now, again, his scoring can be valuable. And in a lot of cases, when you drafted him, you knew what you were getting. Bad field goals, bad free throws, subpar numbers, but good scoring. You knew that. 
And if your team is built to sustain that and you just needed that scoring bump, then congratulations, you drafted correctly and you did the right thing. But there are plenty of people who would have drafted him going, I know RJ Barrett, he plays for the Knicks. I've been told that he's a young star. Look how much money they just gave him in a contract. Um, he scores big numbers. There are plenty of people who would have thought that. And if you thought that, I get it, right? The, the narrative around Barrett gets pumped so highly. But if you've rostered him this season in fantasy and you weren't aware of the discrepancies in his game or deficiencies, sorry, more importantly, in his game, then you'd be going, what did I get myself into here? What is this? And if your team is hurting because of him, then get rid of him. There are significant negatives with his game. You have to be fully prepared and understand how it fits on your roster to hold an RJ Barrett. And plenty of you will do that. But there are others who just would have drafted him because you knew the name or because the scoring looked appealing without understanding how big the negatives are. And if you're one who falls into that and you want to move on, do it. Do it. The next four are more points league guys. Now, I probably should just give a blanket jack here. Get that garbage out of here! As for yeah, those, those names there, like Sadiq Bay, Brogdon, Anthony, I think they're all drops in points leagues too. RJ Barrett is a hold in a points league. Keegan Murray. He will be better. I am really confident he will be better than this. Really confident. And he'll probably have a stretch that he's top 75 later in the year. But it's all bad at the moment. I think he's a drop in category leagues as well. Um, and I think he's a drop in points leagues. I, I don't think there's much point in holding him at this stage. Where at the end of November, we're starting week seven. This is the time where I give those rookies. Yeah, I hold until this time usually. And yeah, how Jabari Smith? That looks like it's working out pretty well. Um, I held Keegan until now, and now you say see you later. He'll turn it on at some point, I guess. He'll get better. But the Kings aren't terrible. They don't have to prioritize him. And it's just not working out. Bye. Now, I just talked so much about Larry Nance and saying how I wouldn't drop him. In a points league, I actually have no problem with dropping him. He is not a very good fantasy points league player. So while everything I think I was saying earlier about Nance is true and it remains true, his upside in a points league isn't there. His upside in a points league might be the 120th, 130th ranked player in best case scenario. And you've got to understand there's going to be fluctuations there. In a category league, his best case is top 80. Right? So you deal with the ups and downs. You deal with what's happening at the moment. In a points league, you don't. You don't have to because the upside is not good. He's not there. He's not at that level. So... In a points league, if you want to move, move. Contavious Caldwell Pope, I've been talking about this for a while. Category league, even the category league, he's fading after a really hot start, and he will become droppable, I think, in category league soon. He's not, not there yet. But in a points league, I don't see what you're getting from him. What is the 150th ranked player in points leagues so far? That's with a hot start. Bye. And Brandon Clark, oh, he's a category league drop as well, but he's definitely a points league drop. He's not a points league player. He's a guy that gets by on good percentages, high field goal percentage. You don't care about that when you're low volume in, in points. You just don't care. There's no point for him to be over 50% rostered um, at this point in the season. There's just no reason for it at all. But there is a reason for me to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy, but it's not the traditional daily fantasy where you put together a lineup with a salary cap. It's just you versus the player projections. They'll put out a projection, Marvin Bagley over under six and a half rebounds. And you go, oh, he's bad. Let's go under. They'll throw out a projection of Larry Nance over under one steal. You go, okay, maybe, maybe today is Nance's time. And you throw it in there. You get up to two to six of those individual 
players or between two to six of those individual player projections, put them in your lineup, and you can win up to 25 times your entry back. It's fast, it's easy, it's safe. You can do entries in 60 seconds, and it's available in over 30 states in the US and in Canada, but it's not just the NBA. You can throw out your disc golf lineups as well. Like, how good? Disc golf entry. I'm, I'm all for that. NFL? Well, if you're going to do an NFL, you've always got to go over on anything that Tua Tagovailoa does. But you can also do the NHL. You can do the World Cup. You can do college basketball, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, college football, NASCAR, esports, boxing, MMA, golf, whatever you want. PricePix is going to have it there. So download the PricePix app or go to pricepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 10%. No, they can't. They can receive 100%. Dyslexia. 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PricePix gives you $100. If you deposit $50, in fact, they give you $50. So don't forget to enter the promo, promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's go through a list of guys who are available in over 20% of leagues on Yahoo who I do not think should be available. These are all guys who I think can be top 100 players. First four are must roster for category leagues. Kalilinic. I don't know what you're waiting for. Josh the Hitman Hart. Yep, absolutely. Alexei Pokyshevsky, as I just said, you, you should have him. I think this is a borderline, maybe it's like 103rd, 105th. I think he's a guy you got to have. So I don't get why he's been dropped. I mean, I do get it, but I also think it's wrong. And I'm, I, I don't quite have him as a top 100 player, but the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, do, 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 do. He's one of those players that no matter what seems to happen in Denver, Jamal Murray sits. KCP is out, Aaron Gordon's out, Michael Porter's out, Nikola Jokic is out, Burns Highland is out. Then he just plays 29 minutes. And he contributes right across the board. For a points league, I'm not as big on Brown at all. But for a category league, I think he probably needs to be on a roster. And he probably needs to be in that 12-team 12 12 must-roster guy, maybe even 10. I think he's there. Now, that'll, that'll vary, but at the moment, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. There's concern now with Porter and his heel. And Brown's playing well. Jeff Green's out. The next four are guys in points leagues. And I'll talk about their category league value as well. But I think these guys need to be rostered as well. Jaden Ivey. Yes, he missed the last couple of games. I think he's a must roster in a category league, although his value is way lower. In a points league, he's a top 100 player. I don't understand why he's available in over 20% of leagues. Nicky Claxton. He's available in 20% of leagues as well. Like, Okay. Why? I don't know. Josh Hart. And Mason Plumlee, the cockroach. Available in lots of spots. Yeah, in category leagues, there are specific things you need to pay attention to when rostering him. It doesn't mean you don't roster him, though. Let's look at some hot players off the waiver wire. These guys are all top 100 over the last week. And a lot of these guys I'm not really going to pay attention to, but I think it's worth mentioning because you, you might look at player raiders or player rankings and see these guys and think they need to be added. TJ McConnell, it's really off the back of that one huge game that he had. He's going to be a guy that if someone like, well, not someone like, if someone exactly named Tyrese Halliburton gets hurt, then you stream McConnell in. Quickly, we've spoken about. Bagley, we've spoken about. He's been top 60 over the last week for category leagues. That's pretty interesting. And the schedule means there is a stream value there in Bagley. Paul Reed, I like that as long as Embiid is out. Abdiel, we've spoken about. Devontae Graham, that's with CJ out. I don't really think there's any necessity to rush and add Graham, even with CJ out. He's not someone I'd prioritize streaming. Garrison Matthews, amazingly, he's had two really strong games on on 70% shooting, of course. Do not pay attention to that at all. And then Eric Gordon, also uh, on that list. Um, He's like a 14-team league player. So honestly, out of these top top 100 guys who are available in lots of leagues, there's not many guys there that I really care too much for. Quickly, sure. Bagley schedule-wise, um, Reed with Embiid out and Avdia. Yeah, maybe there's there's some value there. 
Now let's get to the one of the big names at the moment because we've got an update on old mate Tony Warren Jr. today that he's targeting a return on Friday. That would be almost two years since he last played. The last time we saw him, he was struggling a little bit in those five games for the Pacers. Of course, everyone remembers um, his run, run in the bubble. They also don't remember that, that run in the bubble didn't last the entire bubble. It was like the first five or six games, and then he did start to cool off. Um, so people don't remember that. I would not be adding Tony Warren, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Who is he replacing in the Nets starting lineup? Kyrie or KD? No. Ben Simmons? No. Nick Claxton? I doubt it. Royce O'Neal, with how O'Neal's playing, I don't really see why he would. Um, and then he has to come in, and you know, the NBA's best three-point shooter, Yudu Watanabe, is in there too. There's Curry and Harris, and, and Harris obviously not doing too well. Um, I just, how many minutes is he going to play? Hasn't played for two years. He's going to sit back-to-backs, 100% guaranteed. He's going to be on a minutes limit, I would think, until January. And what what is his actual upside? he's a guy that needs shots and needs minutes. And I'm not sure he gets both of those, let alone either of them. So the appeal is there. We know the name. We know what he's done in the past. But this isn't even a situation of an injured player coming back into a guaranteed role. It's not. He's he's a bench player. A bench player missing back-to-backs in an uncertain role. He hasn't played for two years. I just want nothing to do with it. Dennis Schroeder. Last game replacing Beverly was good. First game replacing Beverly was bad. That second game, though, replacing Beverly, we have to factor in that Anthony Davis was out. And the one thing I've said about Schroeder is he needs usage and touches. And with LeBron, Davis, and Westbrook there, he won't get them. But we saw Beverly out, Davis out. So he got touches, and he hit, like, I think 60%, including six triples. I think it's fool's gold to go and add him personally. I I don't think it's worth it. 14 teams, no worries. Kawhi Leonard. I've seen a lot of people considering dropping Kawhi. I would not do it. It's obviously frustrating, right? It's really frustrating that the he's been as bad as he has been in the minutes. Um, you know, an ACL recovery should have you playing 30 minutes a night now. We knew he was going to sit back-to-backs. This ankle injury, we didn't know. We didn't also know that the injury, he would suffer a setback in his return, which he did after the first game or two. We had no idea about that. You know, I misvalued Kawhi in the preseason for sure. Um, yeah, I thought if third round, I'd, I'd take that understanding that we'd miss miss some games, but I just thought that he'd be ready to go. Pa- yeah, perhaps that's foolish of me, but I'm also not dropping him because yes, we are 20 games in and he's done nothing and he's, he's still out with this ankle problem, but I just, I don't want to drop Kawhi Leonard. I, I know that Kawhi Leonard is a really good player and maybe this, I will make it, you know, I'll, I'll constantly assess this with Kawhi every couple of weeks, every week to see what we're doing but I'm not dropping him at the moment. But if you did, I, I totally get that. I wouldn't do it. Zach Collins. A lot of people rushed to grab Zach Collins because he did put up a huge game for the Spurs. Huge. Nyaka Pertle was out of that game. But they listing Pertle's injury as right quad soreness. So they don't sound particularly concerned about something long-term. Now, that is what the injury was designated in the game when he left it. I don't know that that means that that's, you know, what what are they going to come out and say today? Did he tear a quad or something? I don't know that. So I, I get adding Collins as, hey, maybe Pirtle's going to be out. But every indication with the wording of that injury would suggest that it's nothing serious there with Pirtle. He'll be in and out of lineups. Maybe he might miss a game and Collins becomes a streamer. But this doesn't appear on the surface to be a long-term thing. So Collins, while he was very good and there is some insurance value there with him, I don't think that he's set for a stint as a starter necessarily. Alec Burks. 
Alec Berg. Last two games have been a bit disappointing from Burks, but as I said with Bagley, the Pistons have a really strong um, run. And as I mentioned this, they just got updates on their Sunday um, schedule. Stewart's out, Bogdanovich out, Ivy out, but Bay is playing. So I really do like Burks in that short term, but he only played 19 and 18 minutes the last two games. We would have hoped for 24-25. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. And I don't think Cade Cunningham is going to be playing again this season. That's my guess on that. I think Burks is worth grabbing, but I understand there's going to be issues. The Tank, Tom Bryant. Started last game with Davis out, had three blocks, but literally one or two games ago was a DNP CD. He's not a 12-team league must-hold player. He's probably not a 14-team league guy. I don't I don't see that. I don't think he's going to play with Davis very much. Walker Kessler's a great block stream, literally the best block stream out there, but there's just so many empty things in his lines that it's hard to look at him as a must-roster guy. Is he going to overtake Jared Vanderbilt bar? I highly doubt that, although Vanderbilt's struggling as is. But I don't think Kessler's going to play 26 a night anytime soon. And the last guy on this list that I've got to mention, because he's still not rostered everywhere. Like, just roster Shake Milton. When Harden comes back, reassess it. He was out of the rotation early in the season. And that's probably where it's going to end up later on. But yeah, add him now as my voice cracks. And you figure it out later. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. And on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments down below. Check out Locked On Sports today as well. Our show that covers all sports, all news, with experts right across the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.